Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay. Today, we are going to dig into a a juicy topic. If you're interested in copywriting and thinking, okay, where am I going to make the most money? Now, obviously, it's not all about money. There are plenty of other wonderful reasons to get into this field. Very fulfilling, the opportunity to do creative and strategic work, but also we (laughs) <laughs> we, we didn't bills to pay. We got bills to pay. Exactly. So we're going to talk about what are some of the highest paying niches in copywriting. But before we do that, if you're uh, like Nikki Kate, we've heard you talk before and you say, don't niche, mm-hmm. that advice still applies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on top of the fact that th- that when you're first getting started, You don't know what you're going to enjoy. You don't need to choose, I'm only going to work in this industry, or I'm only going to write this kind of copy. You can't possibly know what you're going to actually like doing until you've been doing it it. for a while. Exactly. And then the problem too is when you choose a niche, whether again, that's an industry or whether it's a type of copywriting, when you choose a niche, then you end up building your portfolio so that it only includes that niche. And even if someone from another niche or someone looking for a different type of copy comes to your website, they're going to assume that you're not going to do it because your portfolio is geared so much toward that niche. The good news is, especially for those of you who like variety, is that you don't have to choose a niche really ever. You know, as you're building out your portfolio, you should be looking to build in as much depth and breadth of experience as possible, showing that you can write for a bunch of different industries with a bunch of different voices and a bunch of different kinds of copy. Yeah. And as CCA students know, we can't really make assumptions about clients, about 
anything to do with clients, why they're not responding to you, why they take longer to pay your invoice than they should, all of these things that we start to spin and spin and spin. The same thing goes for high paying clients. You have no clue what their financial situation is. You have no idea if a business is in the black and the red, doing well, not doing well. And so there are plenty of high paying copywriting clients across any industry. I'm going to repeat that. There are high paying copywriting clients across any industry and every industry. So yes, while we'll talk about a few that you might explore, you can explore any and every Mm -hmm. industry and you will find clients who are willing to pay your rate. And Mm -hmm. quite frankly, in high paying copywriting industries, you might find copywriting clients that aren't doing super, super well, that can't afford your rate. So Mm -hmm. go into this process knowing what you can control, which is how much you're charging your pitch, what you're pitching, who you're pitching, and know that you have just as much opportunity in these industries as you do in other industries. On top of the fact that if you choose to niche in one of these industries, I'm just going to remind you about that little thing called the pandemic. And when that happened, there were a lot of copywriters I knew who were in the travel space who only had travel copywriting. And as -hmm. we all know, that travel didn't happen in the pandemic for a couple of years. And so a lot of people very, very sadly had to pivot and find other work. And that was much, much more difficult because their whole entire portfolio was geared toward one industry intentionally or not. Mm -hmm. Yes. So now hearing all of this, you might be asking yourselves, okay, but you just said that we shouldn't choose a niche. And you just said that I can get paid very well as a copywriter in any industry with any size business. So what is the point of this episode? Well, because (laughs) you guys have been asking us. We want to answer this question for you because there are certain industries that may tend tend to pay a little bit higher. Um, And when you guys ask us questions, we're going to answer these questions. Um, But we will also say too, we're talking about industries, but it doesn't mean that you have to go all in on that industry, right? Mm -hmm. Our students know that you you can structure your pitching so that Maybe on Monday you pitch to one kind of industry. Maybe on Tuesday you pitch to a totally different kind of industry. And on Wednesday and and so on, of course. You can't do work within an industry without doing work only within that industry. So that's something I want you guys to remember as we're talking about these, these specific industries that we're about to mention. I mean, like talk about really making you wait for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So what are some of the industries that tend to pay uh, a little bit better? Kate, you want to start with the first one? one. Sure. Uh, Finance. And everyone thinks, well, duh, money, finance. Again, not always the case. I've actually worked with a company that's in, it was a fintech company. So fintech, two Spoiler, tech is another another high-paying industry we'll get to. But both of these things together, and guess what? They weren't my highest-paying client. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely to work with, but it, it goes to show it doesn't always pan out that way. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, again, it's one of those industries that tends to have a little bit more cash flow to be able to pay 
freelancers, employees, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so to skip to that next one, um, technology, uh, software, anything in those realms tends to, I feel like we're going to say tends to, uh, mm-hmm. count the number of times we say tends to, um, tends to pay a little bit better because there are more investments into that space. Mm-hmm. Companies are very, very focused on technology right now. And as such, there tends to be a lot of um, investments into these companies, which means that they have bigger budgets for marketing and for growth and all of that kind of thing. But like Kate was saying, the intersection of, of fintech, which is, of course, if you guys hadn't yet figured it out, finance and technology, um, it does. you would think, wow, then I'm going to make extra money. And yeah, you may at some companies, but you may not as well at others. Yeah. And if you're thinking, uh, what kinds of companies would these be? So think about apps that you use to split bills with friends, like uh, a Venmo. So intersection of finance and technology or paid your credit card bill from your phone. And that's just a little bit of, of what's out there in the, the fintech space. Mm-hmm. Well, and there also may be, well, I was going to say fintech, but also finance and technology and also fintech um, companies that you're just not aware of as a consumer because they are business to business companies, right? They're not selling mm-hmm. to you and me, they're selling to other businesses. Um, and which is also kind of a, a, a sector in and of itself. I won't call it an industry because it's a little too big to call an industry, but Businesses who are telling, send, selling to other businesses also tend to have tend to. Um, I won't encourage drinking games, but if we ever had an episode where it was appropriate, this would be the one. The business to business space tends to have a little bit of a bigger budget as well. But so when you're thinking about um, when you're thinking about finance and technology, and don't just limit to limit yourself to what you can think of as a consumer, because there are plenty of finance and technology, and quite frankly, all of the things we're about to talk about um, that are also in that business to business realm worth exploring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thinking about technology companies, you know, from my own experience, I worked at an agency whose big client was Microsoft. That was their main client. And these organizations are huge. Microsoft, Google, Apple, all of these big, big tech companies have kind of, I'm going to call them companies within companies because each of the departments and sections and products within each company often has its own team working on something. So I was working on a tiny piece of the Microsoft pie when I was there, and it was a a business to business uh, sector of of the the, the company. Um, And that actually, they shut down the program we were working on. and not just, you know, they continued working with the agency in other capacities, but the specific program I was working on, they just decided, you know, it wasn't um, serving their purposes. And so I have a lot of anecdotes that feel like they bring bad news on these (laughs) industries. But all that's to say, my point is that you can look within these companies to pitch specific product lines that you're interested in or um, specific people. You're going to find lots of marketing managers. You're going to find lots of potentially even internal creative directors. You're going to find lots of different people working on different aspects of the brand. And so even if you aren't interested in one piece, you might be interested in another piece. Um, You know, I'm thinking about Amazon. They have tons of technology wound up in their business. And, you know, there's different people working on the music side of Amazon versus Amazon Fresh, their groceries versus all of the the stuff on their, you know, the main uh, e-com site. So there's just a lot of different Mm -hmm. opportunities within a lot of these companies. And so um, 
and there's obviously lots of growth in these companies. You know, Amazon Fresh wasn't a thing a few years ago. Um, but there's also a lot of experimentation within these companies where they could be starting a new product line or a new service that they're offering. And sometimes these products and services grow, 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 grow and scale. And sometimes it becomes, mm, we tried this and we're actually not going to continue moving forward with this. So there's also a lot of volatility within these companies, within these smaller smaller companies within companies, if you will, within these smaller sectors of the company. So also with tech, though, you can think of software as a service. So like a Dropbox type of situation, uh, Zoom, Square. So there's a lot of companies that maybe you don't think about as needing copy, but they need tons and tons and tons of copy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that software as a service, just uh, so you have this little tip, uh, is often referred to as SaaS, S-A-A-S. So if you hear someone talking about SaaS or a SaaS product or a SaaS company, um, it's not a SaaS company. It is, <laughs> or maybe it is as well. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it is. Uh, it's a software as a service. So S-A-A-S, a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Well, in another industry um, that actually kind of is, is similar to those others mm-hmm. is healthcare. Right, healthcare mm-hmm. is a continually growing field, um, and there are also all there's some intersections with all of this as well. There is actual yes. hospitals, certainly, but um, there are there's healthcare technology, there are healthcare programs, there are all kinds of um, all kinds of of different uh, kinds of companies that fall under the healthcare banner. There is um, a, a massive healthcare conference that I am aware of, uh, and um, the 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 gamut that it runs of the types of companies that fall under healthcare is massive. You guys know that it's not often that we will recommend that you go down a rabbit hole on something, except when it comes to looking for potential companies to pitch. That's when we know, set yourself a time limit, but start doing some research. Go over to the Google and start typing in uh, start typing in a company and then see where that leads and see what competitors and indirect competitors and conference and all that kind of stuff. But healthcare is a a booming industry uh, and you can find a lot of opportunities. And again, this is the same with all of these. There are B2C, business to consumer, and there are business to business opportunities. Uh, And to Kate's point, like with the other ones, there are often B2C and B2B within the same company. So there are Mm -hmm. lots and lots of opportunities within that. Yeah. And There's a lot of focus in healthcare too on eating healthier, healthier lifestyles, health coaches, fitness. So there's a lot that falls within the healthcare industry. Um, But one of the things you might be thinking is healthcare, mm, products, services, isn't this language really complex and really, really challenging? Uh, Potentially, depending on the company that you're working with. Uh, You don't though, I want to emphasize, you do not need necessarily to niche and get expertise in this to then become, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? All of us have to get our first client in any industry at any point. Mm -hmm. And so if you can write copy, you can lead with benefit, you can learn about anything within any industry. And that includes these complex topics within healthcare. You can ask your client the questions that you need to ask to get the information you need. But a lot of the time you don't need to understand what a, I don't know why a defibrillator was the thing that comes to mind. Hopefully you do know how a defibrillator works, but in case of emergency, but 
there are a lot of products that you don't know need to know the ins and outs. You need to know enough to be able to communicate that benefit and why it's important. Um, and I'm realizing I'm talking about my own experience in all of these things, but I've worked for a healthcare company where the concepts were these products that I can't even, I can't even tell you because the names were so complicated and what they serve and help and, and the benefits of them are so complex, but if I can do it is all that's to say, you can absolutely do it. Well, I think that's true for, for all of the industries that we've talked about and actually probably all of the possible industries anyway, but especially yes. finance and technology and healthcare. And you may be thinking, well, if they're going to hire me, if I don't have any knowledge of healthcare or finance or yeah, they absolutely may. Sure. They might also like it even better if you have a little bit of experience, but you need to start somewhere. But it's as with any client, it's on you to ask your client, the clients, the questions to get the information that you need in order to write the project. It's never going to benefit you to pretend like you know what someone's talking about or anything along those lines. Um, and there will be some clients, and Kate, you and I have both had them, where you get into it and you're like, I have no idea what these people are talking about, and you have to say, all right take me back several steps or tell say this as if you were explaining it to your grandmother. So, you know, I've worked in, in aerospace and I definitely didn't know anything about aerospace. So I had to learn as much as I could. And that's something that you also need to factor in as you're coming up with your price. You don't, you're not learning for free, right? You're learning as part of the project to make sure that you can deliver the best copy possible. And that's like we said, true with healthcare and finance and technology, but also true of every single client that you work with. You need to take the time to understand what you're talking about because how could you possibly write it well if you don't actually know what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, most clients of any industry are going to appreciate that in a copywriter much more than a copywriter who says, yeah, I've, I've done work in this industry before, but doesn't know to ask insightful questions, questions that really get them thinking about their own products and services in new ways. You have that outsider perspective, which is really, really valuable. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'm an outsider, imposter syndrome, oh, how could I possibly break into this? Think of it more as, oh, outsider, I have a very fresh perspective. I can come in and ask the questions like a child would to understand this and get new insights and information that maybe they wouldn't and they probably wouldn't because they're so close to the product and the service. They're so involved in it on a day-to-day -day basis that yes, they have a wealth of knowledge to share with you, but you also have a wealth of copywriting knowledge to be able to ask these, these probing questions that get you some nugget or information that you can then write copy in a refreshing, compelling engaging way that someone who maybe was just going to take the the jargon and translate it and not know how to what the benefit is or not know why a certain product or service is great for a business or a doctor or a patient you're going to have that ability which is really really special so mm -hmm. use it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely okay and our fourth one is startups now again <laughs> Uh, startups can run a pretty big gamut. You can have startups that have absolutely no budget and you can have startups that have uh, incredible investor funds. Um, I think mm -hmm. we all tend to think of the startups that have lots of financial backing. That's what we hear about. And of course, those are the ones that you're going to get a, a better 
price for your hours or they're going to be willing to pay a higher cost for the project or for the hours or however you're billing them. But at the same time too, don't forget that it's completely possible that a startup maybe doesn't have a ton of backing or they're just trying to be, if you can believe it, some startups are actually trying to be very financially responsible and they're not just throwing money, not that throwing money at you would be a bad thing, um, but throwing money willy nilly. So it, they can tend to, there's that tend to again, um, tend to uh, pay a little bit better, but it really depends on the startup. You know, it's something that we say to students again and again is every company is different, just like every person is different. You know, sometimes we'll hear from students who say, I'm never going to work on staff at a company ever again. When I was on staff, it was awful. Or I'm never going to work in an agency again. Or, or on the other side, like I only work at agencies because I love agencies or I only want to work on staff because I... It's going to be totally different with each company. For every fantastic company, there's a crummy one. For every fantastic agency, there's a crummy one. For every fantastic startup, there's a crummy one. Um, so you can't really know what you're getting until you at least start conversations with people. Obviously, look for red flags, um, but you can't really know what you're going to get until you start having a conversation with a startup, with a healthcare company, with a, a technology company or with a finance company. It's That's where you can start to learn more about the company, what they're looking for from you, and you can start to gauge um, whether or not they're going to be able to, to pay your rates. Mm -hmm. And one of the things to think about with startups too is that often if you're coming in at the beginning of, of the startup, some of the work you'll be doing might be a little bit different than what you'd be doing at a company that has been around for years and years and already has an established tone guide and already kind of has direction. You might be more, you will be more relied upon and leaned on to help even craft that messaging from the get-go. Uh, if people don't even know about this product or service yet, you're going to be tasked and challenged with how to write messages that really engage this audience and you might have to even do digging for them to say, okay, do you even know who your audience is? Have you nailed down? You, you know, they might have who they think their audience is. Um, and it might be once they launch that product or service that you get a lot of feedback and you might completely have to change that messaging and knowing that that's not, it's not because you were a bad copywriter. It's not because you failed at your job. It's just the nature of this quick moving company that's learning on as as kind of you're building the ship as it's sailing or building the plane as it's flying, um, you're getting a lot of information back fast. And so there might be a lot of changes and a lot of just tweaking copy so that it continues to to perform better. And, and it could be, I've had this happen before, where it was a complete rewrite. And it wasn't because it was, again, it's not on the copywriter. It's just, okay, we thought it was this one thing. And it turns out this is how the, the consumers reacted to it. And so we need to kind of message to that a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, so if that interests you, obviously that can be a really, really fun challenge. I think for some people who really, really want an established tone guide and to have some sort of parameters and direction, that can be a little bit intimidating to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to build the parameters and boundaries and, mm -hmm. of this brand. Um, so know that. Uh, the other thing to consider too, again, with all of these, but particularly with startups, is sometimes they bust. And so for CCA students, you know, 
always be pitching. Um, you know, you don't want to get into that trap to say, oh my gosh, I love this, this, this startup that I'm working with and forget about your other clients or forget about pitching altogether because it's, it's again, every industry is volatile, quite frankly, but particularly with startups because they might secure a large chunk of funding. It might not go the direction it wants, and then they might not secure additional funding for it to kind of the project to continue on. So know that there's obviously a wide variety within this, this industry, if you will. Um, and obviously tons of different industries within the startup category. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. When you mentioned interest, which I want to circle back to, because if someone is listening and they're like, Oh, what are these going to be the top industries for making lots of money, which again, I knew we'd say it again at least one more time. Um, Mm -hmm. You can make a lot of money in any industry, in any size Mm -hmm. company. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can also find lots of small, lots of big companies, lots of industries that don't want to pay you a ton, but there are always going to be plenty that will pay you well. Um, But if you've been listening and you're going, oh, well, healthcare, finance, tax, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in any of that. I would challenge you to keep an open mind. I think particularly as copywriters, Things get so much more interesting the more that you learn about them. You know, I, so it, I was just saying I did some work for an aerospace company. And first it's like aerospace. But the more that you dig into it and you understand what they're trying to communicate and who they're trying to communicate to and why they're trying to do and the, you know, who the target audience is and what their challenges are and, and all of this, it can make almost any project fascinating. It's like... It's like every project with copywriting, I we will always call it a kind of a, a word puzzle. It's a fun puzzle that you get to combine creativity and strategy. So once you dig into a project, you will often find that it's so much more interesting than you might have thought it was on the outset. Um, and so if you're going, well, I don't want to work in any of those industries, I think we would both caution you to not make assumptions again, Mm -hmm. before you start talking to these companies and before you learn about what these projects are, because even, even the, from the outside, the quote unquote driest projects, or they can turn out to be really, really interesting once you dig into them. Yeah. Get curious and know that half, maybe more than half of kind of your enjoyment, at least for me on a project is the people I work with. Mm -hmm. And so that can make or break any industry or any client and any project, really. Mm-hmm. The the people that are working on it with you and, mm-hmm. and how you interact with them, the communication, the, the process that they might already have for how they do their work. Um, the other thing is, too, if there are obviously industries that you're interested interested in, you know, travel, I feel like, is always a big one or fashion or sports or things like that. Sure, there there might be a lot more competition within those industries because they're super popular and people think, well, I would love, like, that seems so cool. Again, it may or may not be. It might be that that's something that interests you as a hobby, but not something that interests you as a copywriting job. It might be that crossing those two things is actually like, oh, well, I love tennis, but I actually don't want to write about it. And it kind of sucks the joy out of the actual uh, sport for me or whatever it is. So again, experiment, get curious, try things out, try it on a couple of times because one company might be very different than another company, but know that within these industries that might have a bit more competition, there's still plenty of jobs and 
you know how to set yourself apart. If you haven't already watched the episode about USPs, you can set yourself apart and make yourself the best candidate for those positions within those industries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So we wanted to answer the question uh, because we get asked this question all the time of of which are the the highest paying industries. Um, And so we did. Um, But... Again, we really do want to emphasize, yes, these can tend to pay a little bit more, but by no means do these need to be the industries that you focus on or the only industries that you that you uh, pitch to. There are, there are so many different types of companies and organizations and and all kinds of opportunities out there. And, and again, go down the rabbit hole. We tend to see the world through like a keyhole, through our own little perspective. And we only think of the companies that are on top of mind. But once you start digging in and you start seeing all of the possibilities, things can get so exciting because there are so many opportunities and so many different uh, so many different people to work with and companies and organizations to work with. And any number of them can can also pay you really, really excellent rates. Are there going to be companies that try to get you for the lowest rate possible? Yeah, of course there are, right? Just like we were saying, there are many different types of companies. There are many different types of people. Some companies are going to be cheap or some companies are going to try to get, they're going to try to get someone who does copywriting and design and SEO and social media and you know all of that stuff. Of course they are, because they're always going to be companies that try to get you know, try to get the magical unicorn who's somehow able to do all of those at an expert level and only wants 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, of course there are. But if you see listings for that, or if you talk to one company and it turns out their rates are super low, please don't make the assumption that that's every company or every company in that industry or every, you know, if you have a, a an off call with one potential client, that does not mean that every call with every potential client is going to be like that. They're, they're all different. Um, and you owe it to yourself for the sake of your career to explore as much as possible because it will make you a better copywriter. It will make your portfolio more compelling and it will also just make you a lot happier because you'll be able to work on all kinds of different things with all kinds of different people. And that, if you ask me, is uh, a major a major contribution to feeling fulfilled as a copywriter. So we answered your question. We also kind of didn't answer it. Well, we answered it, but then we gave we you a lot it. more than a lot more than maybe what you were expecting. Um, but it's what you need to know. And if anything, I think that I hope that gets you a little bit excited. No, a lot bit excited because it's not just four industries that will pay you well. It's potentially any industry. So with that, we will catch you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.